Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, joined by Jihei Wiley, Armani Buckets. Jihei, how are you doing, my friend? Jihei, are you muted? I can't hear you. Can't wait for football. Awesome. We lost you there for a second, Jihei. Oh, Monty Buckets, how are you? I'm really, really hoping that tonight is the night that Drake drops his new album. I don't know if you guys listen to Drake. I'm assuming ah. it's a no, but... Um, Last week we were teased. So new albums dropped Thursday night at midnight Eastern. So last week we thought might be the week where Drake, you know, drops it, but it didn't happen. So hopefully tonight, I'm really anxiously anticipating that. How did so that happen? G. Hey, because we when when we were kids, and I know that was like forever ago. I mean, we we would have. <laughs> We would know when the like kick album or record or CD or whatever would be coming out. We'd go to Tower or whatever and buy it. How do drops happen now? Like, so you're saying, like, as we sit here on the Thursday, like, you're not sure if it will drop or when it will drop. How will you know? I think most artists do that still where they pre plan the date. But when you're Drake, you know you're going to get traction and listens no matter when. So he actually likes to surprise his his listeners and just kind of be like, oh, there it is. And then he'll post it on his Instagram. Next thing you know, it'll be number one trending worldwide. And so for him, it doesn't matter when he uh, if he announces when it's going to happen. He likes wow. to keep it kind of mysterious that way to kind of build up the anticipation. Um, but unfortunately for his his loyal fans like myself we keep thinking oh you know he's being mysterious it means it's going to be this day and then it's not and then you know it's becomes a whole process which this album has become but i'm very excited to hear it he said that it's going to be reminiscent of old drake so oh. i love old drake yeah well what do you uh, think of these uh, new uh, drops um, well, first of all, Armand's right. I am not a Drake fan, but it has nothing to do with, um, with, with I'm not saying he's not talented. I actually know him as Jimmy from Degrassi, so <laughs> I don't really know him as uh, Drake. I think that that's more uh, my reference of, of him. But um, yeah, I'm not, I, as far as the drops are concerned, yeah, everything's via social media and Twitter and Instagram now, right? So like, that's how everybody knows know when an album is going to drop that's how i know you know when the uh unless you listen to podcasts like random podcasts here and there that's how i know 
when, you know, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is debuting in November or, uh, yeah. you know, so, I mean, that's how we get all of our information now, right? Social media is, um, is, is a huge thing for everybody to be able to find out. It's no longer via um, uh, going to Tower Records. Yeah. It doesn't even exist anymore. I know, so sad. Um, which, shout out to Tower Records, the last location I think in, like, I don't know, in LA was, in, at least for me, was in Torrance. Um, and yeah, so it's it's no longer like that. We just look everything through social media. We are all of our news. We got our sports news through that. We got our know everything from that so it's crazy um uh sometimes also you get i think like when you get that kind of information also through like power 106 or you know yeah. like local radio stations and stuff they would plug um all of that so yeah it's it's a brand new world that we old fogies are living in <laughs> <laughs> i feel I, I feel so old but you know what you know it's it, uh <laughs> It's the new generation, and and uh, by, by by the way, the tickets for the Drake concert. Because so when he was in uh, it was when he was in Los Angeles at Crypto.com Arena, tickets were nuts, uh, like a thousand dollars. Now, if you want to see him in Vegas, cheapest ticket to get in the door over thirteen hundred dollars. Our money buckets. We've talked about this before in relation to sports in terms of how much you would be willing to spend. Like maybe maybe. Because again, when I say to get in the door, that means for the cheapest ticket, worst seat in the house is thirteen hundred. What would you be willing to pay to watch your guy Drake in concert? Uh, Two hundred dollars, <laughs> <laughs> which which would get you a seat like outside the arena. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, two fifty, three hundred. I feel you. No, I, and by the way, you're not wrong. I mean, like, I I don't think there's anything where I'd be willing to spend that type of money for. And again, it comes with age and, and things like that, but it's like, you know, I'm slowly, but surely, and I'm not old GA. I mean, you know, we're 43, but it, that's not old, but we are of the age finally where, you know, when I was younger, I never got like my dad saying, I got the best seat in the house. Like, like I'm home, I'm on the couch. You know, I got the fridge, I got the bathroom, I got, I, there, there's, there's no uh, line for parking, there's no line for the bathroom, there's no line for concession. I'm like, Dad, like, like you don't want to go to the game? You know what I mean? Like, that, that's amazing, you know? And so, and now at 43, I'm kind of like that. I mean, there's so many events happening here, and we're so blessed because of what we get to do that we get to go to them. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to be home with my fiance on my couch watching the game on TV or hanging out with uh, you guys at the bar or something. It's just it's just more enjoyable. But um, listen, I mean, it is fun when you get to go to a concert. Beyonce, for example, uh, performed last weekend in Las Vegas, had a friend call me. And he said, listen, I, I can't go. Do you want these tickets? And I'm like, okay, like it's not free. How much? He said, that's $1,000 a piece. I'm like, I'm not paying $1,000 to watch Beyonce. What are you crazy? So um, but excited that we, we get all these amazing shows. And again, post-pandemic, really happy that concerts are back to becoming a thing. Because again, it's not, it, there, there's nothing when uh, big crowds get together to watch sports or uh go to watch uh, a good concert. So 
Excited for that. Uh, heading into week one of the college football season, though, excited for that. I, to my point here, like everyone's asking me, you know, did you go to the USC San Jose State game? No. Will you go to the USC Nevada game? No. Like I'm not, I'm not going to the Coliseum when it's 98 degrees or whatever, uh, to watch those games. I, I will gladly watch from home and cheer on my team, but it's significant from this point of view, folks. This will be the last game i believe i'm 99 certain this will be the last usc game on the dreaded pac-12 network and it's the dreaded pac-12 network because for example i live in manhattan beach and i can't watch the games on tv because i got direct tv so i have to by the way no knock on this but i gotta walk the show back great great bar uh they have the pac-12 network so uh guys i'm very excited that this will be the last game on the pac-12 network because uh, that, that 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 was one of the big reasons usc wanted to leave the pac-12 is they're saying you're scheduling our games on this channel on this network nobody has uh so now at, at the very worst and i don't think it's going to be on there at the very worst they, they may have a game on the big 10 network which 90 percent of of uh places have it whether it's direct tv or dish or whatnot um ga where will you be watching uh week one of the college football season just like you i love watching it at home in the comfort of my own home um on my couch um very comfortably um i don't think i'm gonna be i'm not gonna lie to you i might not watch the sc game because i think it's just gonna be a blowout i don't think they're gonna cover though what is it 38 and a half still yeah yeah. Uh, it's it's insane. It's a, it's a um, massive line. Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous, right? I, I just think it's just too many points. Um, and I think I think unfortunately, SC is going to be um, the new Alabama when it comes to never covering the spread. Um, but I will probably just be watching it from home, to be honest with you. All right. Yeah. No. No. That, sorry. No. Um, also, I'm trying again to um, curb my. I'm um, going out drinking this. So oh, be, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, no drinking for Jay. Football season, Jay. I know. It's I the worst time to, when you get to be in your 40s. Um, recovering, recovery time is a lot harder. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's for sure. So, but um, I'm still looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to you know um, a lot of a lot of games. I know this is random, but I'm looking forward to Duke playing uh, a little college football. Wait, before. hold up! Do you care about Duke football too? <laughs> no way! I do, I do. Well, they're turning the corner at All least. Right. You know, I mean, like they've they, I believe they won like seven, eight games, or they they had like they had a phenomenal record last year, considering. And Duke football, and who heck, who the heck cares about Duke football? So, yeah. um, no, I, I'm just I'm just looking forward. I think I think just football in general being on is so awesome. So I'm just so happy for any of that to be on. So I, I will be watching from the comfort of my own home. All right, Arash. Besides USC, is there a game this weekend that you're excited for? Not really. I mean, UCLA is playing at the Rose Bowl, but I think uh, I forgot was like like. It's like coastal Carolina or something. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're still in that when you're talking week zero, week one, generally speaking, you're talking about these games that, you know, are, are not that, that exciting, which is why here's the thing. And, and GGA has always been very nice with these amazing, like 50 yard line tickets for a USC game. Like if I'm going to brave the, 
uh, traffic and the parking and the heat and the whatever to go to the Coliseum. And I know we we did that last season for the Notre Dame game. That's a game you do it for USC, Notre Dame, yes. USC, what at, like a, a big name school. I'm not going to do that for USC, San Jose State. I'm not going to do that for USC, Nevada. Again, I don't want to sound like if you go to the game, God bless you. And I did that for many, many years and I didn't care because just going to a USC game was fun. By the way, USC's really uh, curtailed the ability for fans to tailgate, which I really hate. I mean, that's what made a USC game so much fun, where you could tailgate on campus, you could tailgate on the grass right outside the Coliseum. A lot of those places that you've been able to tailgate for many years, you can't anymore. And so now they're they, which is what they do in professional football, where they got like one lot or like half a lot, and it's like on the concrete, and it's, it's it's not that great. So, you know, I, I don't know if they did that for financial reasons. I didn't, I, I don't know though if they're doing that for uh, the construction of this new um, multi-billion dollar George Lucas museum that they're building outside of the Coliseum. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, but now I, I am, not that I'm hopping on the bandwagon, but Starmani Buckets is very good about uh, waking up to watch Team USA. So here's my schedule for this weekend. Uh, tomorrow, I, I or tomorrow or like late night tonight, I'm not going to be up at 140 for the USA-Montenegro game. I'm going to skip that. I do think I can because I, I am somewhat of a morning person, but we'll see how my Saturday goes. I think I can do this 540 uh, Sunday game. USA Lithuania. Lithuania, by the way, you know, historically has always had a very good team. I'm, I'm not sure how they are this uh, tournament. But 540 by Ronnie Buckets, I think I could do that. Yeah, you should do that because, as, as you just said, Arash, Lithuania is typically good. It should be a good matchup for Team USA. And if we talked about this yesterday, but if you consider who USA has played up to this point in the World Cup, they have not been challenged yet. So I think that that game will be the first time where they match up with a country that can actually maybe, maybe keep it within striking distance late yeah. in the game. We all know, though, if, if you're going to be talking about the World Cup, I would actually keep my eyes elsewhere this weekend because we have some good matchups. Canada meets okay. up with Spain at oh. 6, 6.15 on that same Sunday. So, unfortunately, though, all those games are on ESPN Plus still. I'm hoping that when they go to the next rounds that, you know, we get to see some of Team Canada because I'm actually... Arash, we talked about, you know, the history of the World Cup a little bit and about FIBA and all that. The most exciting time for me with FIBA and international basketball was the rivalry that brewed between Spain and the U.S. Yeah. And now we have a potential for an incredible Canada-U.S. rivalry for years and years and years. Wow. Ago. Maybe for the rest of our lives, by the way, because Canada is kind of caught up in terms of building top-tier talent. That's what's going to get people to watch this product because from an entertainment standpoint, FIBA is very, very entertaining. We just need somebody that can kind of go toe to toe with America to make it like actually be like, okay, is USA going to win? Are they not? I think Canada US could be one of the most exciting rivalries. 
And GA, as you know, I mean, those USA-Canada hockey games are fantastic when they played for the gold in the Olympics. Again, maybe hard to match that historically, but I mean, if, if, if we're now on the cusp and if they meet in the final this year, so that would kind of maybe be the beginning of this run of USA-Canada. Again, we share the border. Uh, this could be a ton of fun. No, I mean, I'm looking at this roster. It's pretty... Pretty amazing, actually. I mean, I knew RJ was playing. I knew that Shy was playing. But, like, you got Olenek. You got Dylan Brooks there. Um, these are polarizing players. Like, you got some good some good stars on this team right now, right? So, um, yeah, as far – I mean, and basketball is a little bit more – I don't want to knock hockey because you know I love hockey. But um, it's going to – there's definitely a little bit more um, interest, obviously, in this in this sport. Um, so yeah, of course. No, this, this looks amazing. This looks incredible as far as like the, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I haven't been as active in watching the, uh, the world cup for, uh, for the U S men. Um, I've been watching like here and there, just like kind of dabbling in it here and there. But um, yeah, this looks extremely interesting. Um, especially with Dylan Brooks there, if he's like an active part of this roster, um, you, you can definitely see some fights coming in. Yeah, um, against the U.S. So the only, uh, I, I was going to ask you though, what about like as far as the future is concerned? Because I mean, granted, these guys are these guys are a majority of them are still really young, but is there are there like is there talent talent that's like, coming out of Canada that like we can see in the future? Oh, I'd like to be on these rosters. Absolutely, G. Hey, first team All NBA, Shea Gilgis Alexander, NBA champion Jamal Murray, NBA champion last year, Andrew Wiggins. A lot of talent for sure. The the one thing I was gonna ask you guys though, if they do meet up in the finals, mm. the unfortunate thing is it would be next Sunday. And as we know in America uh, first Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what time? they're not gonna get the numbers. What time? I'm assuming it's gonna be it's not gonna match up. It's gonna that, be that's a good thing. 6.30 in the morning. That's fine. You know, because here's, here's the thing. Obviously, as you know me, and I've told people for years, whenever they want to talk about where's the best place to live if you're a sports fan, you really just have to begin on Sunday. That 10 a.m., 1 p.m. Uh, is, is perfect. I lived in New York where, and again, I'm a morning person. Their first game starts at 1 p.m. So, so the beauty of this is you have a full slate of, I mean, the latest it would be is 7 a.m. And I don't yeah. think, I think it's more, more in that 6 a.m. So that's perfect. You wake up early, you get breakfast, you get your coffee or whatnot. That's uh, a long day, Rob. It, it, it <laughs> is long, but like there's not that many of those days. And I'm telling you, as you guys know, and I don't need to tell you, if it's USA Canada, there is already sort of a rivalry there in terms of, listen, we share the border, USA Canada hockey, you know, GA, when they met in the Olympics for the gold. Um, I, I, and by the way, I, I watched that uh, game at the Redondo Beach Cafe, which they, sadly is... And I don't know if it's still there, but it's no longer owned by the Canadians who used to have it. And they used to have the best Tim Hortons coffee and the poutine and all that good stuff. And so, um, you know, that, you know, we have USA Mexico for soccer. We've had USA Canada for hockey. If now we can get it again, you guys just brought up the, the, the top players on the team. That is a young, very talented team. And, and, and when people kind of talk about perhaps the turning point and you would have to ask them, I mean, you know, perhaps the rise is 
Steve Nash and he opened up all these uh, gyms across the country. Two-time MVP was was incredible. You know, I mean, the rise of the Canadian basketball player is so much fun to watch. So, yes, it's a long uh, Sunday, but I, I'm hoping that happens, though. You know, but you know what? I can totally see um, people supporting. Like, what, whenever it comes to your country, you're gonna sit there and you're gonna support it. You will wake up in the morning at seven a.m. and you will suck it up and have that long day of sports um, if you are on the West Coast. So, I, I mean, I can see people getting up that early and just fucking it for the rest of the day. I mean, when the U.S. was in the World Cup for the for soccer, people were waking up at six in the morning to watch the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I just I think that. Uh, they'll 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 toughen through it and they'll figure it out. And also, their day is going to be done at eight p.m. Yeah, it's like you're on the East Coast. You're not on the East Coast. Yeah, and it's like eleven, twelve o'clock in the it's eleven p.m. or twelve o'clock in the morning, and you're still watching football. Which, by the way, I am not a morning person, and I love <laughs> East Coast time. I'm not going to lie. Right. But yeah, starting at one o'clock in the afternoon for football. Wow, it's amazing. The, the problem though. Is that it's just late, and and the yeah. other reason why I would say Los Angeles is or the West Coast Pacific time zone is the best is if you love the NBA. I mean, so you know, back uh, so I lived in New York for a year, and when I'd want to watch the Lakers, I mean, those games would tip off at ten thirty, ten thirty p, ten thirty p.m. It's just it's just just a very long day. So um, Hawaii, by the way, up there as a great place to uh, watch sports again. Um, you know, it, it's so crazy when I was there during the finals to have games tip off at like three o'clock in the afternoon. All right, let's leave it there for now. Uh, when we come back, we will catch up with our, our main man, the Sporting Tribune's Fernando Ramirez. I was actually out at Chargers practice yesterday catching up with Fernando, Brandon Staley. So uh, we'll uh, catch up with Fernando when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports. Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears... We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment... Or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii. Call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and join our good friend from the Sporting Tribune, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? Arash, I'm doing well. Saw you yesterday at uh, yeah. Chargers uh, Week Zero. So uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely an interesting week. I mean, this is brand new. I mean, I've been around this team since 
2013. This is new, like this whole week, this is two or three years old. So uh, yeah. but the players like it. So um, they say they get to rest and, and build themselves up for week one. But I'm just ready for some football, to be honest. No doubt about it. I mean, it's so weird hearing week zero, at least week <laughs> zero in the National Football League. There's no games. It was weird. USC playing and what people will build as a week zero. But yes, I, I, it was great seeing you yesterday being out there in Costa Mesa for uh, practice. And it did seem everyone was good to go. You know, for Brandon Staley talked to the media, as did Derwin James and Justin Herbert. Um, you know, first thing, uh, you know, you did an amazing job at the Sporting Tribune trying to predict what the 53-man roster would look like. When uh, the 53-man was announced, what were some of the surprises, I guess? Uh, two undrafted free agents. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting that. It was, you know, it was funny because when Larry Roundtree was waived two weeks ago, I thought, oh, wow, maybe Elijah Dodson, uh, another kid out of Colorado, maybe he did do some work. And initially I did have, funny, and people will maybe call me a liar, but I did have <laughs> and originally... I did have Dotson and AJ Finley, and then I thought, no, you know what? I'm gonna go the safer route. I guess the safer route wasn't the right route, but uh, <laughs> but that, those were two. And then Z uh, Bray Brendan Hymas, uh, who's a guard center combination. I haven't seen anything from him in practice. I haven't seen anything from him in the preseason games. But he's a former draft pick, so obviously Tom Telesco and the Chargers are gonna keep him uh, over Zach Bailey, who I thought had a stronger um, preseason, and then he's a a guard slash tackle so he can kick out a tackle but uh but um those were honestly the only surprise i mean everything else was pretty much uh self um everything else was basically self-explanatory i think this team is like derwin said yesterday i think it's the strongest this team has been in a while um i think it's stronger than the 2018 team that went to the divisional round of the playoffs mm. now it's can you they have leadership at every single position which is key as well. So now it's can you put it together and uh, try and make a run? I mean, the beginning of their schedule is actually not difficult at all. You by week eight, you have to be at least five and one, four and or no, five and two or six and one, right around wow. there, because that back end of the schedule is going to be tough. So yeah. they they need to hit the ground running, uh, and it starts with Miami, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. What has sort of stood out about this team? I, I think that, uh, you know, when you finish the season as they did the, 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 the past two years with a very heartbreaking loss um, in Las Vegas, obviously, to close out their season and they missed the playoffs. And then just really a historic um, breakdown in Jacksonville. They have not shied away from that. They have talked about it. They, they said they have turned the page. What have you seen from this team during camp that leads you to believe that this season, and again, they've been good the past two years, but this team is different this year. I think the addition of Kellen Moore really kind of defines um, that Brandon Saley's willing to make the tough decisions. And they decided, hey, Joe Lombardi is just not working out. He coached Justin Herbert like if Justin Herbert had uh, a 40 year old quarterback's arm. Like <laughs> and and you, that's not the way. This kid is young. He's right. He has a howitzer for a right arm. So. Uh, why not use it? The addition of Kellen. But going back to that, I mean, they haven't shied away, like you said, which is they've talked about it. And you could tell the hunger to get out there and to prove that they're not that team that blew leads. I mean, we've seen it and and, and we've heard about it. He, uh, Brandon Saley went to the Warriors. 
he picked uh, Steve Kerr's mind and said, hey, you guys blew a 3-1 lead against the the um, Cleveland Cavaliers in that, uh, in that NBA Finals. How did you get over it? And I'm sure he picked the brains of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, because that's the thing. He's b- a big about building relationships with players. So I'm sure because the coach, the coach is one thing. But when you get in the mind of the player, the player that's there, the player that um, that was on the court and, and saw the debacle happen, well, that's obviously going to happen. But, Arash, the other big thing is the players haven't lost faith in them. The players mm. love him. They're willing to fight for him. And, and, and I, I think that's why these guys are in for uh, a big year. I, I really do think that this team uh, is built to win now. And, and uh, this is the year. I mean, Kansas City is probably at its weakest point. In the last decade, uh, um, Chris Jones isn't going to show as of right now. Hasn't shown up. Doesn't seem like he's going to show up unless it's with a new contract. He wants Aaron Donald money. That's going to hurt their defense a lot. And and the receiving group now. There's no Tyree Kill. There's no Juju Smith Schuster. Who's going to contribute? So um, so right now it's for the taking for these Chargers to to show up and show out. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, I, I think they've done a great job. Uh, mental, mental, their mentality, mentality-wise, to get over what happened uh, last year in Jacksonville. Yeah, it was just uh, you know they they've really talked a lot about culture, and it does seem like it's it's been a slow build. But when you look at it historically, you know when, when when great teams make that turn to win a championship, they go through um, heartbreak. And again, you yep. don't want to go through it, but uh, I, I think that 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 did make that them stronger if they do have the start to the season that you that you think that they will or that they could six and one for example they would certainly be in the conversation for the best team in the league people will start talking about the Super Bowl on the other side you know with the Rams no one's really expecting a lot they may just hit the reset button um if that happens if if the Rams for example are, are, are one and six and the Chargers are six and one and again I, I I know that the teams don't want to compare each other but Los Angeles is still a young pro football town and char- the Chargers with Justin Herbert and the talent that they have I still think that they have the ability to be this city's team what do you think happens if those if if the Rams start one and six and the Chargers go six and one, what do you think happens? Um, I just think they'll gain a lot younger fan uh, younger fan base. Like I, I'm in San Diego, you know that, and I see a lot of Justin Herbert jerseys down here. I see a lot of Charger fan jerseys now. Uh, people are starting to pull them out, dust them off, or buy the new ones. But up there in LA, uh, it, I think it's still for the taking. But like, let's just say, let's just say that the Chargers win the Super Bowl. And then I think they have a chance. Why? Because Justin Herbert's only 24 years old. Justin Herbert's going to be here for the next 10 years. You have a chance for this city to really fall in love with Justin Herbert and say, hey, that's our city's quarterback. That's our guy. The only other way I could see the Rams kind of gaining that momentum back is if they draft Caleb Williams, Mm. who's who's in L.A., and them draft him, and then maybe he comes over and and the fans kind of pull that way. But... Um, but the Chargers have a chance. I mean, it's just about winning. I mean, if you win, they will come. I mean, we've seen it. Like, the Clippers are the team that always makes noise, but ends up it doesn't end up being in fruition. So uh, nothing comes of it. So the Chargers need to put up or shut up. And and I feel like if, I, I feel like a, they already have a good building block. Uh, the last two or two years, uh, I have not seen an empty stadium. Yeah. I've seen it full. So uh, And last year, actually... 
I saw it full more. I saw more Charger fans than I ever had before. Yeah. You know, that first year at SoFi, they were kind of battling. It was 65 35. It was different stuff like that. Last year's where I really saw more Charger fans at the game. So I think slowly but surely they're building this, and, and I think they're doing a good job of gaining fans. And it all starts with uh, Justin Herbert. They, they really have done a good job. I mean, I, I was talking to someone um, with the team and just, you know, they've, they've really been aggressive about not making, about making sure that their tickets don't go to ticket brokers and things of that nature. Yep. So they, they've, they've really done a good job on that front. Let's go kind of around the dial here uh, in terms of some of the, the other teams that you've been covering and have kind of followed uh, the Padres, you know, like as we get into the stretch run here, uh, September, last month, of the season, um, obviously a very disappointing season for the Padres when you look at what they did last year, playing in the championship series, eliminating the Dodgers, making the, the big splashes that they did. If, if you could just put in context, I mean, they've done an amazing job of attracting fans. And I think if you bought tickets at the beginning of the season, Petco Park, for my money, is still my favorite ballpark to go to. So, you know, like despite the team's struggle, like the, the fans have still shown up and shown out. Will will that continue? I mean, I, I I just would love to kind of hear your um, thoughts on the fans thought this was the, their season. Maybe go back to the championship series. Maybe go back to the World Series for the first time since nineteen ninety eight. Have have they lost faith? Uh, what what does this team's future look like? I guess. Well, the last two, uh, the well, what does their future look like? They have <laughs> a lot of big contracts on uh, on the docket, but. There's um there's some good young prospects coming in. Ethan Salas, who's already at Double A, they have some some guys in the farm system that fans are excited about. But the play on the field just hasn't been there. The like the addition of Xander Bogart just hasn't worked out for some reason. It feels like there's tension between the two. I mean, you saw Manny Machado beat the crap out of the Gatorade uh, <laughs> uh, things over the weekend, and you're kind of yeah. like, wow, like what the hell? Like what are you doing? So, yeah. um, so you could tell he wasn't happy about it. Uh, he's frustrated by what's going on with this team. But it's interesting because last year you make it to the uh, NL, um, you make it to the NLs. Uh, the NLCS, right? The, the NLCS, yeah. yeah. My bad. I, I had a brain fart. That's like the NFC championship. <laughs> right. uh, you make it yeah. to the NLCS, and uh, and that's without Tatis. That's without Xander Bogarts. You add yeah. those two pieces, and oh hey, you can you can't even make it to the playoffs. So um, it, there was overhype from the beginning. Uh, I don't think these guys have gelled. It, they say it's all about the four best players on your team, and those four haven't performed. You Darvish got a contract extension. He hasn't done anything this season. The only guy that's really pitched really well is Blake Snell. Um, they've had injuries. Uh, there's tension, like I mentioned. So it just it hasn't been good. And and the rush the last they should have taken two out of three out of St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And in the last in the ninth inning or in uh, extra innings, they got creamed both times. So. Uh, now they come back and and it's just not looking good. They they literally have to win almost every single game uh, in the month of, of September to um, to make the playoffs. So I don't think it's happening. I think that's it. I think Melvin's out uh, yeah. after the year, which um, I, I I personally think AJ Preller has to fall on the sword for this one. But they're mm -hmm. not going to do it. They're going to try and keep him. I think this would be his fifth manager. Um, wow. And I just think that I, with a guy that hasn't even made it to a World Series to have five 
uh be able to choose your fifth manager i think i just think that's terrible and and he's depleted the farm system i mean look at cj abrams right now with the nationals he's out there performing there's some other guys that are doing well that he's let go uh for big trades i mean i'm not saying I, and that's the thing too i don't know what they're going to do with juan soto are you going to re-sign him are you going to try and re-sign him or are you going to let him go it's just it's honestly a, a, a cluster over here. I, I just and I'm sure this weekend they get San Francisco. I'm sure the fans are going to start booing and and uh, they're going to show their frustrations, especially if the Padres don't uh, don't win. But yeah, it's a dark time uh, in San Diego for Padre fans. You know, the frustrating thing is, you know, all you want your team to do is to put the best team out there, and they really did that. But when you go out there and you sign superstars and they don't perform, well, there's cheaper ways to not make it to the postseason. And so what what I fear and what likely will happen is that if they miss out on the playoffs and um, if this continues, then they're not going to keep their superstars. It just doesn't make sense for them to 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 do that. So I again, I, I hope they figure it out, but it, it doesn't seem. Um, it's not looking good. And so whether, you know, whether the change of a manager will make a difference, I'm not exactly sure. But um, how is the atmosphere? Because, again, the, the, the great thing about it is that the fans have shown up. And, and, and despite the fact that the team has not performed well, they've had a record attendance here. Um, I mean, fans are showing up and everything, but I think they're going to start showing their frustration. As yeah. Well because... They're gonna start booing pretty soon, and it's gonna get ugly. I mean, heck, even their uh, their broadcast team are like, "This is embarrassing," <laughs> and, yeah. and it, you, everybody's just showing their frustration. And and uh, and I just don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen because you have Tatis, you have uh, Machado, you have Xander, you have Cronenworth, you have all these guys under contract, and their best player this year has been Hassan Kim. Mm. So Hassan Kim needs to get taken care of. I think. I think the kid's showing improvement. I think he's growing. Now the question is, too, I mean, do you just add to this debacle and try and go after uh, uh, Shohei Otani? I, I know the pitching is not going to be there, but at oh, least it's interesting. You. Yeah. Um, so, and that's what we keep on hearing that they're going to go after Shohei, uh, that they're going to try and bring him in. I guess uh, if you can't win off on the field, you're going to win off the field, uh, bringing in as, uh, as trying to sell as many jerseys as you can, I guess. But, um, but I mean, can you and, afford and I him? Show, I think <laughs> what? Can you afford him? I think though? they like, can. I mean, I, I I think they I think they can, especially if they just see that the Soto thing is not going to happen. They and they're going next year. They're going to uh, to Korea. So I mean, if you bring in you Darvish and you have uh, uh or you Dar, you're gonna have you Darvish. You're gonna have uh, Shohei and you have Hassan Kim. He'll sell probably even more tickets, yeah. but um, but supposedly the Padres are saying that they can afford them. But I, I think AJ Proler, if he stays as a manager as GM, I think he's going to try and swing for the fences and get out Shohei and be like, "Look, I've brought all the talent, <laughs> I've done everything I can, uh, and here's a new manager. Let's see if we can do it this way." Which I mean, to be honest, Bob Melvin's a great manager. He's done it before. He's done it with a lesser talent, yeah. and I guess he's the problem. So. Uh, <laughs> It's just, uh, it's not. Uh, Peter Seidler needs to do, needs to, needs to, uh, needs to do something. He's like, he needs to grow something and uh, <laughs> show and uh, and honestly think about cutting AJ Preller, who he looks like Willy Wonka, by the way. It's it's funny. <laughs> like if if you gave no, I'm serious. Like yeah, I saw him no. the first time, and I'm like, 
oh my god he looks exactly like him so uh <laughs> but yeah i i don't know i just uh it, the frustration is going to start building and and uh you don't want anything to happen within the clubhouse and i feel like that's i don't know it's it's getting pretty bad uh especially if manny's beating the crap out of gatorade uh jugs and stuff uh, Fernando wanted to ask you about a big moment in pro wrestling. AEW goes to London and attracts a crowd of over, you know, they, we, we joke a lot in pro wrestling how they like cook the numbers, but it, it was a packed Wembley Stadium, over 75,000 fans, uh, quite an accomplishment. I mean, there was a feeling for many years that no quote unquote independent could draw more than 10 to 15. I mean, this is not really like an independent at this point. They're on uh, TBS, TNT, Turner Sports, uh, Tony Khan obviously behind it. Your thoughts on that? I mean, I've always thought competition is great, and we both yeah. love the, the, the WWE, but the height of WWE was when there was competition with WCW. With AEW now and that big moment for them, your thoughts on the significance of that? Well, I think it's huge, especially, like you said, for pro wrestling. I mean, you get to see a lot of different stuff. The one thing I, I, I thought was funny is that they were like, oh, everybody's singing MJF song, which I love MJF. I'm a huge fan of his. <laughs> but, like, it didn't sound all that loud. Like, when it's, like, <laughs> Seth Rollins, like, you know. Yeah. Oh, like, you can hear yeah. how loud it gets. With MJF, I didn't think it was that loud. But, uh but, hey, uh, I thought it was cool that Paige or Soraya um, got to bring out her family. I mean, she's been, it's been a big storyline, especially with the movie that came out about her. But uh, they did a lot of really good stuff. The only thing I didn't know, the John Moxley match to me was kind of a little weird. Mm -hmm. But uh, everything else, I think it's strong. I think it helps both brands. The only thing is, I wish WWE would, like, let their guys kind of – like, I because MJF mentions WWE a lot. Yeah. I wish WWE would do a little bit like Roman Reigns. Like I MJF has called him out a couple of times, like saying I'm the best champion in the world. I wish Roman would go out there on the mic and say a little something, but uh, Arash real quick. Uh, I just wanted to ask you Yeah, the it's the free agency. Uh, somebody's going to have to pull up the Brinks truck. Do you think WWE tries to throw all that money at MJF when he becomes a free agent on January 1st? I would love and to see that. And how realistic do you think it would be? Yeah, I mean, so, uh, the beauty of him is that he's perfect for the brand who's trying to be number one. And the reason yeah. that Roman's not going to mention him is because, you know, the beauty of the Monday Night Wars was they, they kind of had a back and forth. You know, yeah. right now, like, AEW is, is doing better than, like, any competitor has since then. But until they knock them off, even for one week, uh, it's it, they're they're probably not going to do that. But MJF would be perfect. So I, I I think CM Punk is the head case. I think a lot of people oh. kind of uh, <laughs> kind of thought that he was. And listen, at the end of the day, Vince does business with whoever. I do think CM Punk maybe crossed the line that is going to be hard to come back from. With MJF, I think he can play that role. He can go after Vince or he can go after Nick Khan even or something. And I, I think, awesome. right. And so um, what that number is, but I think for MJF to bring up a point that you touched on, there's still nothing like the WWE. There's still yeah. nothing like WrestleMania, you know, WrestleMania, SummerSlam events like that. And I think he knows that, but um, I'd love for him to be the 30th entrant in the Royal Rumble. Oh my God. Building just, blows up and and That'd everybody gets excited yeah all right 
you you got me pumped up. So we'll we'll <laughs> we'll uh, continue this conversation when you come back next week. You're the best, Fernando. We'll talk to you soon. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.